0: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't.
1: Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Mandalay Warthog Man Cave in the undisclosed location of Piney Woods of North Central Florida, God's country. You know that. little nippy out here right now, but we can take it. And we've got a great show for you today. We've got to show that we need to be doing more of, even on the Word Scott Files. And that's bringing people to you who have an influence over your life in terms of absolutely day-to-day living. And we love doing that. We are an open forum. We'll have the chat line open here. And I'll be able to read any concerns you've got. We're talking about, once again, uh, the huge issue that's been festering in this community forever, it seems as if and that is the GRU Utility. So uh, we are in the Melton Law Studio, of course, which is the, Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Fighting Gator, and we are protected 24-7, 365 by Crime Prevention, Randy Elrad, John Pastore. I recommend you do your security locally. They're great people. Support the people who support us, and uh, our people are Mostly homegrown. They started their businesses here and grew them here and stay here. And our guest today is a fine example of that. I first heard of Craig Carter before I met him when I went and bought myself, of course, a golf cart. Mm -hmm. And then, man, I noticed right away. Here's the thing about successful anything. If you say you're going to be there at 850, you're there at 849. If you say you're going to stay till 10, you stayed at 10-5. You do the extra, and you're always on time, and you pay attention to details. These people who make their businesses go all know this, but they don't feel the city reciprocates. I go back to the days of Mike Kurtz and beyond before. I came to Gainesville in 1961. a utility was a utility, as I remember. it, And then somewhere along the line, the University of People got into power, and the business people lost out. I think it was when we went from five city commissioners to seven. When we had five city commissioners, we had business people running the town, and business decisions steered this community. Then somehow we got off into ideology, and we've been trapped there ever since. And through some leadership maneuvers, I might call them, the maneuver is to su- uh, uh, survive. By the way, so saith Albert Camus. Uh, that has been going on with the help of our leadership here of Chuck Clemens and Keith Perry. Uh, leadership is what it's about, really. You've heard me and Ted Yoho talking about that. Craig Carter is the chair of what I've come to learn is called the GRU Authority. I think I can't think of a better chair because he's rooted in the community. He's going to stay in the community. He's been a city commissioner. He has family here. Uh, He has chosen to be a part of us, and God bless him. He's agreed to come on this show and talk openly, as long as you need us, about what is going on with the GRU, so-called, transfer, which has been forever in the making. And now it's here, and we've got to work out the details. And it is a uh, target, moving target, let's, shall we say. From this point on, I will not know what I'm talking about, except I know Craig will. And I'm going to sit back and listen. Craig, can we start off with the conversation you are, and I were having just before we went to a hot mic about um, what is your end of the research? Let me just preface this by this. I'm a professor of research writing. What we teach our people to do is to know your opponent's argument better than he knows his own. That way you can prepare a response to it, even though he may not know yet that that could be his argument. And I know you've sort of done the same thing, have you not, sir?
0: That is true, Ward. Uh, One, thank you for having me on. And this is an important topic. And uh, we're very fortunate that we do live stream our meetings and we try to make ourselves accessible as possible. The, um, just to back up just a hair, when, when I was appointed to the board, I was told that the transfer, you know, and I followed it, the transfer was cut by roughly $19 million and a debt uh, reduction plan was put in place by the city. That's what I was handed uh, pretty much. And something that we didn't participate in as a board member. Um, when, we, when we took over in October, we were handed a debt reduction plan. We were handed a, a reduction in the general funds transfer, which I, I still call it that. It's just old habit. And then we were also handed a, a service level agreement. Basically, we do things for the city. They pay us. We, they do stuff for us, and we pay them. So we basically swap numbers back and forth. The board was handed that and said, here's what we've negotiated, and what I'm trying to explain to the general public and the staff is we're trying to run with something. We don't even know how it got made. So back to your point, we need to know how, the, how it was made. What agreement was put in place here? Why was it put in? How long is it? Uh, we're operating in the unknown. And, and quite frankly, as we're peeling the onion back a little bit, we're discovering things that, that maybe we should or shouldn't be doing as a business. We are now running as a business. I've said this for the past two meetings. Uh, there's a lot of great organizations out there. Those don't come into our play in the business aspect. What the city does with their money is their decision. We cannot take that into our uh, decision-making. What we take into our decision-making are the dollars. We have to provide good service at a reasonable rate. We have the good service. I'll put our service up against anybody. Reasonable rates. We need to work on that for a while. So, we're doing the research now. Last night, a member uh, made a motion to cancel the reduction of uh, the transfer completely. My concern with that in doing some research is what are the components the city might have to recoup that money? They're not going to take 15.5 million and say, oh, well, it was a good run. The levers and the options they have would strictly, in my opinion, affect. The citizens of Gainesville. So, 31% of our clients are outside the city of Gainesville. So, if we cut the transfer and the city recoups it within the city of Gainesville, the participants in the county will not pay anything towards the offset of money. So, it would penalize the, the very people we're trying to help in East Gainesville and the ratepayers in the city. So, what we came up with last night was sort of a hybrid. Uh, not probably the original intention, but we're going to meet with the city, bring our case of why we're going to be reducing that transfer for items that, in my opinion, uh, were the benefit of the city, not their utility. Undergrounding Main Street might be one of those. It will promote growth, which will promote the tax base. It'll have a minor effect on the utility. We'll get more customers someday, but the I voted on that. <laughs> and but the biggest emphasis then was to promote a redevelopment on main street um the chiller for innovation hub that's 6.5 million dollars and the develop the builders now really don't even want it they want us to move it well that was to promote that that was to help the city and the university but gru has the bill we gotta quit having the bill uh for good ideas as you as you indicated earlier uh That was their dream of building a better city, perhaps, whether it be the biomass, the solar. We need to undo some of that and not have the entire bill. We owe $1.8 billion right now. To whom? To bondholders. And what might they do if we can't pay it? We don't want to have that conversation. Uh, I mean, we have the the ability to... Yeah, well, we have the ability to pay that ward. I mean, to, to, you know, there's people out there saying that we're going to go bankrupt, and that's not true. We have the ability. Our debt payment right now is approximately $100 million a year. So we have the ability to pay it. Even in with that debt payment, we still go to future uh, generation and future OM. We set aside uh, several million dollars a year for that also. Plus, we have other things we, we work on on that. So we have the ability to pay it. That's not a worry. It's just we can't lower rates plus pay $100 million a year.
1: Well, you and I are also talking about this while we went hot here. Explain to the public the 29% increase, which Harvey Ward just non plused said in Tallahassee that they went up on the property taxes to make up for the loss of the transfer Is that basically the way that
0: worked? To my understanding, I I wasn't in the the meetings with the city, but basically they lost roughly $19 million in the transfer. They made that up by increasing the property taxes. Now, how they, you know, and again, it didn't affect me much. I'm homesteaded. So it it can only go up 3% on me. But people that have rental properties and people that are renting and businesses that are trying the mom and pops, it went up on them. And those are the people we're trying to protect here.
1: Well, there's a lot of uh, dominoes that fall with that, as you know. You get more and more contractors from out of town because I think they've got to have a deep pocket to hold the properties while the population gets up to work and pay the rents, which are going to be more because of the cost of building. Nothing exists in a vacuum, as you know. And then, having done that, as you say, the mom and pops disappear. You can't even increase and keep up with making a pizza because you can't pay the increased fee for making the oven work. I've had that explained to me, Craig, I've got to go out of the pizza business because I, I have to have an oven at X number of degrees, and if the utility goes up, I've got to buy more of that utility to keep those degrees at a minimum to make the pizza. So I've also had explained, and you were on that commission, I think, when Charles Gostin was on the commission. Yes, sir. And Charles told me when I interviewed him, people on the east side, just reference what you were talking about, told him when he was out on the campaign trail that they turned out a light when they left a room or turned off a utility that they didn't absolutely need for certain hours of the day. In other words, we've got rolling blackouts in East Gainesville, and our own. And we're turning East Gainesville into a third world country. Rolling, you know. You follow me on
0: this? I, I know that. Yes, I, I, yeah, and I do. And and more. So, and and again, I don't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't gone out there and had those interviews like that, and, and I don't know that for a fact. What I do know, though, is that when the electric bill goes up for you and i it's an irritant you know we're agitated some people are making a decision whether to pay their utilities their car payment their rent payment or or food you know and i'm not trying to be dramatic but we have folks that are working hard to to make a living right now and the mom and pops back to your pizza scenario if the electric bill goes up at Walmart, no disrespect to Walmart, but they can make an adjustment of whatever, 0.50%, and they pay their electric bill. Mom and pops make an adjustment to pay that. People quit going there. They just, they said, we can't afford it anymore. Sweet dreams recently. He couldn't price himself to stay into business. He left. And, and, you know, and I'm sure the utilities is one part of it. So as we make our decisions, we are instructed by this bill not to put any, you know, methodology in there, social uh, uh, programs in there. But I consider the ratepayers the small businesses also. So when we make a decision, we need to look at it completely, in, in my opinion. And I see you got my mug there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, uh,
1: Craig, there's so many things here that trickle down, if you will, or seep out under the cracks of the doors. And uh, we're talking to Craig Carter, who is the chair of the GRU Authority, which I think is an interesting name in itself, the GRU Authority. How did we get that name?
0: I'm not sure how the name came about. I would say that probably relates back to Keith and Chuck, which I got to tip my hat to both of those gentlemen. They never gave up. They were like a dog on a bone. And uh, they realized that this needed to happen. Something drastic needed to happen to protect the ratepayers of the city and the county. We have to remember, we have 31% of our our payers approximately are in the county. They never had a decision on how that utility was run, what the money did, anything. Now they feel they have a voice at least. So uh, hats off to Keith Perry and Chuck Clemens, tenfold.
1: Well, you know, uh, the magic there of transforming this city from in my lifetime, I went through a little bit of a scenario here on it. A pretty soundly run utility. I can remember the day I went to a breakfast with Mike Kurtz. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you, you might have been there, Craig. I don't know. Mike Kurtz predicted absolutely every bit of this. He said the utility's running very well right now. Uh, we got this, that, and one thing, another. And I'll be darned if they didn't can because he didn't buy into what? the re- new religion, some people call it, uh, was going to be. And one of the things that's troubling some of the feedback I'm getting here is when you say you, you four guys, we're going to talk about that in a minute because hopefully it'll be five soon. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it would have been different last night had you had five. I believe,
0: well, that you heard, I don't know if you listened to it last night, but I my comment was there are seven commissioners thankful there wasn't five members. That's right. And- because that could have went a different way.
1: When we say you're getting ready to do business with a city and you've just got four members, people shiver. Because who is the city? Aren't you outgunned? Aren't you outnumbered? You do have, I think, public on your side, such as a conversation like this. But these guys, you know, they don't get along among themselves.
0: You've been there. Right. And and I have been there. I, I, in my opinion, Ward, um, I don't believe we're going to be doing business with the city um, because I I don't think that would ever be successful. I think what we're going to do, there's two different situations going on. One is our our service level where we, we do services, they do services. Uh, I used the illustration last night. People are upset because the clerk's office said, hey, you, you didn't recognize that I do this, this and this. And we have to. What if all of a sudden they said we're going to charge you $1,700 for an oil change? Do we say, OK, or do we have the right to say, hey, let's talk about that? We need to give the same courtesy to those departments and those charters. On the transfer, on the other hand, we have complete control. We could have last night said zero and stop the payment that minute. So I believe, and I used the term last night, and you'll, you're, you're my age, so uh, walking tall, we're carrying a big stick, and that stick is the transfer. I believe we go into our negotiations with the cards, and I believe we, we say, here's what we're looking at, here's why we're going to justify some reductions, and, and let's quantify some of this stuff, and with them not going after to try to recoup that money from the city of Gainesville ratepayers. That's my goal
1: got a question coming in. Does solar feed tar- feed-in tariff greatly increase the cost of electricity?
0: Yes. Now, let me, let me quantify that as I throw my pen. Uh, when we started the solar feed-in tariff, it's 20 megawatts. It's now 18.5 megawatts. Roughly, if I were to put an aggregate across the whole, we're a little bit over $218 a megawatt we're paying for that. That should... That should surprise you because people were outraged. We were paying $165 a megawatt for biomass. Solar feed and turf was much worse when it came in, you know, but we were leading edge and we got our name in the paper. Uh, you know, so the biomass now, when, when you look at it, we look at cost. Now, how, how much it costs us for fuel to burn. The biomass is actually now competitive, but we have to cook in the price. So when you see it now, we look at our natural gas, our most efficient, uh, efficient unit is Kelly. It's our combined cycle. That's our best running unit, our be- biggest bang for the buck. Our Deer Haven 2, we've converted over to natural gas. So that's, that's extremely efficient also. And quite frankly, the biomass, when you look at the fuel component, when you wrap in the cost of the product, it changes. All still in an equation? coal is not an option we've been using we have a stockpile of coal we actually own a train not the engine but we own the cars and we're leasing the train out now because we haven't needed coal in so long now that's twofold also as you know being in business you know your life uh we're not a high demand customer anymore so if we ever have to go back to coal we're going to have to earn that discount back so it's inefficient for us to use coal right now and it would be very expensive so, natural gas is our preference at your
1: having, too. Do, um, or I'm trying to figure out how to ask this, ask this question. These contracts that we have, I know from the city of Olachua, we have three different power sources here. Yes. And um, we have a pretty darn good deal. I think I've been told we are, anyway, with GRU for their part of the supply of their fuel, their electricity here. So much so that it seems to have been, it's in my ear, correct me if I'm wrong. We in Alachua get a better rate than people in Gainesville get because we negotiated a better deal. Is that so? Uh,
0: For one, we're a a minor backup uh, provider now to Alachua. We were a primary provider. And that deal has gone by the wayside. I okay. couldn't, Ward, I'd I, I really have to sit down and run numbers because there, there's a lot more to it. Uh, right. So it's just like when you say that, I can buy raw power off LP and l and it will be theoretically cheaper than what my rate payers are going to pay. So Alachua would buy power, but it's the deliverable. And I do believe when it was delivered, your power was cheaper to the client, to the end user than ours. Back in the day, I'm running Clay Electric and
1: it's, it's all different sources. Uh, I think I'm pretty- running
0: Duke out in Trenton and I run my numbers. I own some property out in Trenton uh, that I pay the electric bill on in a house. And right now, Duke's fuel is more expensive than ours. So when you, you know, it's like anything else, it's like playing the stock market. We're real close there though. Okay. Uh, we got a ways to go.
1: <laughs> what do you foresee to be the um- goals that you're trying to reach you have them sort of well we'll go to this place next and that would be realistic doable if we get there then we'll go is that marked out yet because you've only been doing
0: this now since October yeah
1: things can't be clear just yet
0: now they're, they're as clear as mud in some cases I mean we are I have an advantage over the other board members because I served for three years on the city commission so I sort of knew the lay of the land of GRU for the most part. I, I understood the energy production, the, the political backdrop of it. So I have three board members that came in and they're they're onboarding and doing a great job, I'll, I'll add. They're, but they're drinking from the fire hose. So uh, I don't know what they know. <laughs> you know, each meeting, you can tell they, they've gotten more information. But for me personally, and I used to use this term, if I could ma- wave my magic wand, My magic wand wave would be to make sure we have a CEO that can run that business as a business. If it's Tony Cunningham, great. Let's get hundred percent behind Tony, whoever it may or may not be. He or she comes in and runs that business like a business. I want to protect our employees. Our employees didn't do this. And when I say employees, I'm talking ground up, you know, middle management, you know, our executives, uh, you know, we don't know what happens to those Executives, as as you transition, we don't know that, but we have some of the best employees in the world. We r- really do, Ward. I mean, I've gotten to know them when I was on the commission, and I still know them. Fabulous people. I want to protect them. What I would love to be able to do is someday be able to look the ratepayers dead in the eye and say, "Here's where our debt's going to be in ten years. Right. Here's our rates. We're going. I'm hoping to stabilize rates. We're selling power right now, Ward, for forty percent less." then it costs us to produce power in rates one and two, roughly 41, 39% give or take in, rate, in, our, in our levels one and two. And we only have two levels of power in residential, 40% below cost. In commercial, we sell at 61% above cost. So you know what's going on there. Commercial subsidizing residential. If we were just to true up to zero, where we broke even on electricity, that would be a base rate increase of approximately 40 percent. How do would, you run a business?
1: Well, yeah, now business can
0: plan, you know but no, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you be put into a position and say, stabilize or lower the rates, and by the way, you're selling power below cost.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, but what my point <laughs> is, if you go in that direction trying to get a great card, you know, that pretty, pretty accurate. Wouldn't we then be more competitive with counties like Marion County for whom I hear all that business wouldn't come here. You know, we've got 50% of the property off the tax rolls. They're going to go to Marion County and Barron County is booming. Um, How do we get, I've got that question. How do we get, we're never going to be right at it with them. Because we don't have a level playing field. But how do we get closer to that? My thinking is you get a rate card that's fairly accurate and identify what variables can influence it so that we're not coming in here blind. Am I communicating with you or? Yeah,
0: well, yeah. I mean, I'm so basically, the commercial rate, bringing, it in, it, bringing the commercial rate in line with the other commercial rates. The only way we could do that would be to bring the residential rates up in line. So we're falsely, you know, and, and this isn't a fraud or any, well, I mean, it, it's just we are artificially lowering our rates right now. People are complaining our rates are too high. They're 40% lower in the base rate than they should be. That's what I'm getting at. So to, to bring down our commercial rate, we'd have to raise our residential. So the question goes back to, and this is where the politics came into it. Businesses don't vote you into office. People do. That's why you artificially lower, in my opinion, you artificially lower the residential rates as much as you can and penalize the business. Well, the business being penalized is that mom and pop pizza joint you're talking about. And ultimately, we're, we're a little bit of a deck of cards here. So we're doing a rate study right now. Baker Tilly's doing it. Last time it was done, it was in 19, I believe, or 18. They're doing a rate study right now. So we hopefully will have those uh, numbers in a month or two and it'll give us a more accurate position that we're, you know, for our rates. And when you say we, you're the, the uh, GRU authority. Yes, sir. Uh,
1: The budget you have, where is that coming from?
0: That budget was in place when we were appointed, sir. So that was put in by staff and approved by the city commission.
1: So the city is actually cutting out money to have people, Give advice to the city again? That, am I hearing that right?
0: Uh, maybe rephrase that. What do you? What well, you say if the city had not.
1: Let's play fast and loose with the language here a little bit because I'm actually wandering around in consumers' minds. If the city had not been fast and loose with money, and when we get back from a break, I want to ask you about this. And you know, bought things that were not utility, you know, derived. It wouldn't need to be monitored now.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that's a fact.
1: Yeah, and the money... I
0: mean, well, I mean we, could go, we could go to the feed-in tariff, the biomass plant, and r- rumors have it. I don't have facts. I'd like to see that, that taking more money than the utility made out of the coffers of the utility, they wouldn't be... Mo- they would still have the utility, in my opinion.
1: And so my point is, not just mine, but now... Okay, I'm, I'm the city. I've got to pay you. i got to supply your budget for you to come back in. And-
0: well, that, the only, no, we're going to be the budget authority from here on out. That budget was in place when we took over. We are, for the 25 budget, we are the authority for the budget. The budget cycle was happening. We came in in October right when budget was, was being set. So that already happened. That process happened. So we were given a budget. We could alter the budget. So we have that authority. the The board the entire has so- city budget,
1: the entire budget? no sir,
0: no sir. Yeah, okay. Just the just the GRU budget. It's always been an independent budget. Always. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of there's 33 different areas that the city and the utility are still intertwined. So imagine that we're trying to work in that environment. Also,
1: I do want to get into that. That's very talking with Craig Carter, who is the chair of uh, what is called the GRU Authority, most interesting name. And this is a tangled weave of all sorts of wars and um, connections, if you will, that have been going on for quite a while. Imagine a ball of yarn. It got all tangled up with another ball of yarn. And the cat's been playing with it for 10 years. And all of a sudden, you've got to find the end of each one. Good God. I got,
0: I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Go right away, my man. We're going to be right back on the Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather. uh, And
0: shoot me the questions, and we'll get back with you. Stay tuned. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy.
1: Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather. Ward's Weather is brought to us by Lewis Oil. Chevron gas stations, Fossil Fuel, Wendell Lewis, the family's been here a long time. And uh, we are very grateful to all of our sponsors who support our local conversations like the one we're having today uh, with the chair of the GRU authority. Now the weather is, maybe you'll pay for it because you'll have to turn your heater on. Uh, 39 degrees right now on my computer. I'm up here in God's country though, out in the country by the forest. And uh, we'll get up to about 62 today. And uh, we'll have a couple, of, a couple of nippy days like this. And then we'll come back into a metal uh, kind of climate. That's North Central Florida. And enjoy it. We need some winter now and then. Unfortunately, we don't kill the mosquitoes. They somehow can live no matter how cold it gets. They'll pop right out as soon as you let them. So, uh We are also looking at weather across the country, which is pretty doggone snowy, shall we say it any other way. Uh, Snowstorm blanketing all through the West for you skiers who love it. Been there for years skiing, uh, coming through the Midwest and on over to the Northeast and even down into Atlanta and Alabama at snow. So uh, we'll get past it and we'll have a, Uh, The utility bill that you're paying will subside somewhat, we hope. That's our subject today with Craig Carter. And if you have any questions or any observations or statements, send them along and we'll send them along. Craig, I want to go revisit what we were talking about. And we sort of, it's it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be precise. It's not going to be scientific. Let me make that announcement right now to the listeners. But all the things that we've heard Or know that the utilities pay for when you pay your utility bill, you pay for that doesn't return you any form of utility.
0: Um, I'm I'm not sure I follow you. Are are we referring to what is what is a utility? Well, a utility would be your electric, your water, and your gas and your telecom. That's it. Period. But that ain't all you're paying for, right? When you pay, well, your- no, no. So on, on on your electric bill, I mean, and that's why I'm I'm not trying to uh, trying to figure out where you're going on your electric. You pay for your electric and vice versa. But there's also uh, taxes on there. There's garbage cans in the city of Gainesville, or are you looking about talking about the money that was put in the utility that the city spent elsewhere?
1: That's what I'm looking at. Okay,
0: I don't have a quantified number for that uh that I, I think that would take a forensic audit, but just some examples in my opinion would be uh undergrounding a main street that has a direct benefit to the city of Gainesville with a minor benefit to the utility in my opinion uh the chiller for innovation that has in my opinion a direct uh surge for the people of Gainesville the city the city of Gainesville with a minor benefit. To the utility, yes, we're going to get more clients when it's redeveloped, but we're putting a lot of it up front. Uh, Main Street, I think, CRA participated in the city, so you know you would really have to unpeel that onion. And and I think that when you have a, a, a commingled organization like we did with the utility and the city, and the the bosses are the bosses of both, and when they say we want to do Main Street and we want to underground it, and we want to do this. I, I used this illustration last night. There's the command to both sides. So, you know, uh, Public Works, GRU, CRA, get it done. I don't think with any um, goal of profit to, to the utility was, was never. Profit for the utility, I think, has never been looked at. The evidence is in the biomass plant, the solar feed-in tariff. That was more an ideological. We want to do this. We want to be the first. We want to be the best. We want to be the biggest. And I don't think they really took in the ratepayers consideration. They took in some other considerations. They're costly.
1: Was it two laning Main Street before your time?
0: Oh yeah, yes.
1: That was very contentious, you know. Yes, I know sir. I know the attorneys for the DOT that run, that's a that's a state, that's the state street.
0: Yes, sir. And, and, and this it. city had to take it over, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, take over the maintenance of it so they could two lane it. I was 8th Avenue. That was my thing. I was the 8th Avenue guy.
1: Well, my point is exactly what you're talking about. A lot of people don't understand you go about the city of Gainesville. You do. The street might be a county, might be city, might be a federal, might be state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet the feeling is, it may not be true or not, if the so-called city of Gainesville wants to do it for esoteric reasons or whatever, it will go to the DOT and say, say, well, listen, it doesn't make financial sense. It didn't to the DOT, by the way, for you guys to take over. Uh, The DOT told them, it doesn't make financial sense for you guys to take over maintenance of Maine. We do it, but we're not going to do it as a two-lane road. Now, so I've got a question here. What about university in front of uh, the dorms and the businesses along there? Where the uh, the, you know, the restaurant used to be, there? Uh, now our high rise student. Uh, what's going on? Uh,
0: we, I have you- no. To be honest with you, Ward, I don't know what's going on over there, other than the fact that I saw that in front of the campus they've reduced it to twenty five miles an hour, and there's work going on there right now, and. Uh, I don't keep up with that. I'll be honest with you. Well, I'm not putting you
1: on the spot. I'm just passing along some questions. Yeah. The other thing that we do, regional transit, what has it got to do with anything we're talking about? Does it have anything to do with it? Zero. Okay. Because you can't get there from here.
0: Right. I mean, Uh, other than the fact that if we don't take care of the electric bill, there'll be more people on the regional transit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And we had to work like crazy. I say we, I was chair of the Rural Advisory Committee to get the county to take over Route 75, which is 75th Street, and because it feeds down to Butler Plaza. And, and what happened there are certain holidays and things with cattywompers, and it didn't work. And, and they, were, they were not on the same page. So there's no synchronization of that, uh, and nor it should be evidently. And how you guys uh, operate and what your focus is now. If you could make something happen immediately that you think is the first step towards your end goal, which you might help us with, what would those that step be, and and that
0: goal, and how would they work? Okay. Uh, again, I'm one board member out of four sitting right now. Supposed to be five. <clears throat> I would want to run our utility as we're instructed as a business. And the way you run a business is with accountability. So each and every department we have needs to stand on its own. We're subsidizing a particular department from the others. Um, That's not a good business practice. So we need to take the gas, the electric, the water, the wastewater, and the telecom And have them stand on their own. Have them all green lighting. Have every one of them making money. Once you do that, then you can set a proper budget. But until we start running it like a business, and and executive staff's well aware of this. They are trying. I I, got to say that. They're not sitting on their hands. But there's a lot of decisions to be made because there's consequences to every one of our actions. So we have to be careful. We just sold the trunk radio. I don't know if you're aware of that. Explain that to the people. Okay. Trunk radio is basically your emergency network, is its one of its primary GRU uses it to communicate between power plants and utility uh, vehicles and everything, but it is your countywide radio station. The sheriff's office uses the police department, uh, emergency management. So typically counties own that, not cities. We owned it. Uh, there was areas, if I'm not mistaken, that the sheriff's department were having trouble with radios. The county wanted to step in and said, either let's upgrade it or you you upgrade it to our satisfaction or we're going to build our own. And if we lost the county, we'd lose the lion's share of our, our monies. So back before I get, got on the board, uh, they elected to sell it to the county for $8 million. And I actually signed the paperwork a couple of weeks ago and the sale went through. We lost. We owed $11 million on it. And we were thankful to get the $8 million and only lose $3 million. It doesn't sound like a good business decision, but we could have lost $11 million. So you have to know when to cut your losses also. You don't fly the airplane all the way to the ground if you have a parachute. You, you bail out. So and the, the, the trunk radio is in the right hands now. The county has it. We will. They are renting tower space from us. Uh, we will now become a customers of theirs uh, for our radio needs. And, and that gives us a, uh, an opportunity to examine our radio needs. Before, when you own it, you don't examine your needs. So it gives us an opportunity. What about gas?
1: Is that also the utilities? Yes, sir. Natural gas. Yes, sir. The, um, is it out of favor ideologically around here?
0: I don't think so. Uh, yeah, not, you know, I I, I think uh, right now, if you look at, at our our better plants, would be like I said before, would be Kelly combined cycle, and then Deer Haven Two is running on natural gas now. Uh, that's our primary fuel source for Deer Haven Two because coal's out of favor for pricing and burn heat rate. So, uh, and natural gas is, you know, I'm not an expert, in environmentalist or anything, but I. I I think that's the the better of all the fossil fuels.
1: Correct, I, I agree with you. Now, when I lived in the city, I was fortunate to have you know natural gas. I mean, it was a it was actually a whole over. I know the story of how Gainesville Gas became. Uh, you know, you probably know it too. Uh,
0: well, there's a there's a good example. We bought Gainesville Gas, right? We absorbed right. the employees, the pensions, and everything, and. We had to clean up Depot Park, which who paid for that word? That's right. It's on your gas bill every month. Yeah. So there's an example of, you know, and and let me let me also say I celebrate Depot Park. I think it is a great victory. Uh, When I was on the commission, when we were building that, I said, the only problem we're going to have there is a parking problem. I, I applaud it. But there, again, was a decision made by politicians that bought or absorbed a company, bought a company that had a problem. And they, picked, they paid the cleanup that they just passed on to the client, which is the, the ratepayer. So you have a captive audience. So, you know, if, if you were in business and every day you made a bad decision, you go, crap, I lost 30 million. No big deal. I'll pass it on to the client. They can't go anywhere.
1: There are businesses, too. I know, you know, it, Craig. I complain about the configuration of South Maine now that uh Grady furniture cabinet work uh some of those people along there feel that's just a weird place to try to park. Um I've even heard that about the Cade Museum. You got a back end yeah, and,
0: and I was involved with that so I can address that a little bit ward uh if you want I mean I was I voted for that. So I, I'm I'm the Caden Museum when that was coming on, they didn't even have that sol- that big parking lot. I pushed. I said, we're going to need more parking at the Cade Museum. We're going to need it where buses can come in and everything. So we actually adapted that. I think the Cade Museum, the only oddities they have is they have the museum and they have corporate offices across the street. So they walk back and forth. Parking, I think they have uh, substantial parking. They have a lot more than they originally planned for. Main Street, when we were doing that, I had a lot of businesses come into my office and said, you're taking away my turn lane. And I said, so it's been gated up for X amount of years. What is your concern? Well, when I go to sell this property and develop it, I'm down one turn lane. I said, they would have never let you have that turn lane into development. So it's a moot point. But what we have done, and back to my point, we've improved Main Street to the point where it is ready for redevelopment. So that's back to my point. That was the, in my opinion, the, the purpose of Main Street was to get it ready for redevelopment. So those property owners now, when they collectively or independently decide to sell to multifamily or whatever, Main Street and Depot Park is going to be a showpiece. So yes, for business, I would agree with the dump trucks, the cement trucks, it doesn't maneuver good. And that's probably by design too. <laughs> if, it if it doesn't work good, you can move out and we can put some multifamily in there. Yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Danny's Concrete has been there for, ever since I've been here.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know. I got thinking about something. You moved here in 1961. Yes, sir. You celebrated my birth when you moved here, sir. Is that right? Is that I right? I was born in 61. Oh and my I'm 63 God. right now. So oh I, I am God. this month.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Now, I a yep. student. Uh, yeah. Craig, it was a dry county. Yep. It was a dry county. Um, you had beer, but you could drink till midnight, and that, then everything would dried up. It was very low alcohol volume. Uh, the girls lived in the dorms. Uh, there was what's called local parenti, which I'm sure you're aware of. The, the boys were beating on the windows. <laughs> well, the girls were egging them on. The girls oh, were yeah, <laughs> panty rates. And the girls would go to the windows and hang panties out the windows. And the boys in the dorms would go crazy and uh, try to go over there and get one. Uh, but the ratio then was about seven males every female.
0: Oh, geez.
1: And it was flipped up at FSU. Yeah. Because it had been the girls' school. Yeah, it was a girls' school, yeah. And if you go back and look at the fight song, it is, we are the
0: boys from Old Florida. Boys of Old Florida, yes.
1: Yeah. And they've changed that, of course. Um,
0: I didn't know that, did they?
1: Yeah, they they took the boys out.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Not now
1: what it is. But um, um, the other thing that's funny about those days was – uh, Ruby's and Henry's were the only two places you get liquor. And Ruby's was across the county line on 441. And Henry's was across the county line. Uh, in- was Rosie's
0: there? Wasn't Rosie's out by Jonesville back then, too? You Rosie's remember Rosie's out on 241 and
1: 26? Yeah, but it was in the, was in the county. Oh, yeah. We yeah, Rosie's. Motor- yeah. We used to ride a motorcycle. way out there. Yeah. The yeah. That was way out
0: there back then. Yeah.
1: 241 was known as Farnsworth Road. Yes, sir. But um, that's another story. Probably want to get into it sometime. Um, When I was running for the county, those commissioners hated growth, hated sprawl, and did not want to do anything that would increase the possibility that growth would occur. Now, when I believe it was Craig Lowe, was the mayor. There was a pipe laid from Main and 39th to Waldo. Okay? okay. I met the City Manager at Archer. I knew the city managers. Yep. And it, it blew me away kind of because they didn't they only had a ten inch main. They needed a twelve inch. I mean, what are you doing a ten inch main? You're not gonna accommodate growth. The city manager told me Ward, they would not let us have a 12-inch main. They don't want growth. Well, GRU was one of the ones who had to sign off on that agreement. I don't know if you know this, but that is a way that this utility has been used politically to keep growth from getting to another community. They didn't want anything hooked up, Craig, along that pipe from 39th to Waldo. No development along there. Because a 10-inch main is not going to help you. I mean, the
0: cost is... Yeah, just, just, so you know, just so you know, that's changed quite a bit, Ward. And, and I can give you examples. Uh, the standard, when it came into play, uh, my opponent said I paid $3.5 million for infrastructure, which wasn't the truth. Uh, but when we did the standard in any upgrades, they needed a 6-inch main. We'd go to a 12-inch main to receive any and all so, GRU actually paid the differential. So, if uh, if the standard paid for a six inch made, we paid the cost to go to a larger main because it was nominal at that time because you already had the holes dug. And right. then we could. So, the philosophy's changed since then. If, you know, I don't know the Waldo Road pipe, but I can tell you when I was on the city commission, GRU was actually upsizing for growth. Uh, you know, Going, going out to, you know, I mean, we have the ability to go to Newberry with get natural gas, uh, Archer with uh, natural gas. And I, you know, so we're going to the outlying areas to supply stuff and we're upsizing typically. Well, as long I, as it makes financial sense, we could not get GRU to come to Archer. Yeah. I think that has changed also. I I, I was talking to one of the uh, gentlemen yesterday about that in, in, before the meeting because I, I said, someone is bringing natural gas into Newberry. He says, we still want to see if we can't make a difference, you know, right there. So they're still trying to see if it makes competitive sense. So, and then I think he mentioned Archer also, but I'm not positive word. The entire city of Archer is on septics. Yes, sir. That's yeah. changing right now, though, I believe. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, city of Newberry and Archer uh, got some sort of grant, if not to build a, uh, a processing plant. That was Was my
1: suggestion. That was my suggestion when I was there. I went uh, with the uh, some people who know GRU real well. Used to work there. I went with Mike New.
0: Oh, I was about to say he's a great champion of GRU. He uh, he's been a great sounding board, a great city manager.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's great. Mike and I went. um, I was in Alachua then and Archer because we're working. Anyway, Mike and I went and. We couldn't get them to listen to us because they didn't want to get past that transfer station at Parker Road. Right. Because the then our, uh, Archer Road with four lane. Right. They didn't want four lane going into to Archer. So that causes a lot of problems. All of the college, Santa Fe College is on septic. All that parking lot in front, that's septic for Santa Fe College. We couldn't build it. It's anything. still on septic? Oh, I, I, Liz, anyway. I got desperate and I said to the city guys in Newberry, I said, hey, listen, let's just go north. Let's partner with Newberry and put together a treatment plant that way. Now, what that's done, Mike or uh, uh, Craig, it's created conversations about Springs County because yes. High Springs, Newberry, and Archer, and even around the crescent of the moon, the lots will go together. Really, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. and in this respect, I'm glad to hear you saying it's changed a little bit because if the county didn't, and the city owning that utility didn't cooperate, well, you would reduce the demand for the city utility.
0: Right. Our goal now to get out of debt is to increase demand. My 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 focus should be to make power reasonable so I can sell a lot of it because certain generators, Deerhaven 2, when it runs at a higher speed, higher RPMs, it's more efficient. So I get a a better cost per megawatt all the way down. So if I can sell 30, 40, 50 megawatts, if I'm competitive, I'm going to get a better price in, in the other, you know, 180 megawatts. So one of the things our team looks at literally minute by minute, and I, I I've seen them do it. Uh, they look at the cost of power and how they can participate. So our goal is to sell more utilities, sell more electricity is our biggest generator. We're in complete. We're uh, increasing our capacity at our wastewater station in uh, East Gainesville. Uh, that's a project's going to be coming on and we're hoping to negotiate with, you know, letting the cat out of the bag, love to negotiate with the University of Florida to take their sewage and get them off of sewage treatment. It would free up land for them and produce income for us. They've never been a minimal that, though. Well, we we take their solids now. So uh, I will say that uh, as soon as I got appointed as chair, within uh, hours, the University of Florida reached out to me for a meeting. Uh and, you know, I told them I, I would love to see how we can collaborate, which might seem like minor things to the utility and the university. But you add up enough minors, they become majors. So if we can free up, you know, several acres of land in the heart of the campus for them, that's a major. And we get uh, the capacity of the sewerage, which we're going to have the ability for, uh, we make more money. And not to mention then it's treated differently and they don't have to worry about it.
1: Well, when I was chair of the Alachua County Rural Concerns Committee, we had on our committee a, a, the fellow who ran all that chiller and everything at the university. So he was very helpful on the committee. He knew a lot about what you're talking about now. And, but there was nobody you could talk to. So now you've got somebody to talk to, you guys. That's what I'm taking away from this conversation. We've got about two or three minutes left. Now the GRU authority, if I've been hearing you right, is the one through whom the conversation must pass.
0: Yes. Is that right? Every conversation. Every conversation. So just, just let me sum it up real quick. There, right now, there's four of us. There will be five, hopefully soon. We have one employee. That is the CEO and general manager of the utility. Under that person, they have 880, 900 employees. So when a conversation comes to that utility, you know, outside normal business, it'll come to the authority for approval, then given to the general manager CEO. Then it'll happen. But we are the voting body of that utility. So anything outside of general business will come to the board.
1: Well, we got a couple minutes left. Anything I've left out you want to talk about? Craig, a really quick.
0: I just want to make sure everybody understands this is a volunteer board. We are not paid. I didn't even set up offices for the board members. I don't want an expense. So if it's an expense, I have a computer. I'm on it right now. That is what they have done, a laptop or a computer for, for uh, the board members. We are trying to stay neutral as far as money. We don't get compensated. If I spend money, I have the right to get it reimbursed for travel. Uh, that would be it. Uh, the board members on there are great people. We have Eric Lawson, the CEO of North Florida Regional, on my board. How would you like to have that person? I mean, we are so, so fortunate to have him. We have uh, Robert Caro. Uh, he has some history with uh, utilities in the back in the past. We have James Coates, super passionate man. He brings some uh, great out-of-the-box thinking ideas to the board now and then, and and he's got a heart of gold. So uh, I think we're stacked right now. We could use uh, another member. So uh, hope, hopefully that happens
1: soon. <laughs> I like to think it's because the Santas is busy running for the presidency. He has overlooked it, but we need to get that fifth
0: one on there. Yeah, they appointed a fifth one, obviously, as you know, and she uh, realized that she wasn't qualified uh, because she wasn't a ratepayer of GRU. So she, uh, she uh, straightened that out before the first meeting. So, uh, and I've I've been in contact with the, uh, with the governor's appointment office and, and they're looking, you know, they they have a lot of applications. So they're trying to they do mm-hmm. have a lot. Okay, they had fifty-one applications. Warden. <clears throat> okay, uh, and a lot of good people on the on the application. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I don't get involved with the appointments. Uh, right. I just, basically. I'll just someday I'll get a notice and someone will show up and I'll say welcome. <laughs> so that's the way it works.
1: Craig, it's been great talking to you, man. And uh, we need to do it every once in a while. So yes, me, sir. I would
0: suggest talking to the other board members also. I think you'll, you'll yeah. find a wealth of information there.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening, new listeners and viewers, and uh, to the Award Scott Files as we have these conversations about our community. We, of course, post on com. and we are on about 37 different platforms, Spotify, et cetera. And uh, there are all kinds of ways to hear us and see us throughout the day, Rumble, Vimeo. The podcast world is the most interesting world right now. It is not governed by the federal government the way um, the radio is. And we actually have bigger numbers now uh, with my voice than we did when I was on the radio. I learned that from the radio guys. So uh, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to be said for the need that this kind of conversation is uh, filling on the part of the people who really don't trust the general news as much as they did. and. We didn't even talk about this, uh, Craig, but maybe, you know, the demise of the sun as a hard paper had something to do with being uh, associated too much with you know who. Anyway, we'll cover that again someday. Thanks, my man. Wardall Command
0: Center, out. Thank you, sir. Have a good one, Ward. You too.